This is Jets at Noon with Cameron Poitras on 680 CJOB. Welcome to the program. Jim, how you doing? Doing well, Cameron. And before we get started, yep. just as you heard everybody listening in the new newscast with Jeff Braun, we are in the midst of covering an emergency that happened at Fort Gibraltar today involving students. We are awaiting an update from Winnipeg Fire Paramedic Service on more detail. But here's what we know right now. 16 kids and one adult were rushed to hospital this morning after an incident at Fort Gibraltar that officials are describing as a fall from a platform. Three of those patients were transported in unstable condition. We have crews at the Health Science Centre awaiting that update. We will bring you that very latest as we get it. And, of course, especially covering this at the beginning and through the first part of the Jim Toth Show at 1 o'clock. Anything else breaks, we do have uh, Skylar Peters uh, at the hospital, and we'll bring you those details as we get them as well. Yeah, so we're waiting on on, on the note uh, as to when uh, that uh, conference is going to go. We're going to, as soon as it comes on, uh, we're going to make sure that we get it to you here on 680 CJOB. So with the, with the Winnipeg Jets, lots of off-ice news that have happened over the last 24 hours here. Of course, when you look at the Winnipeg Jets and what's going to happen this offseason uh, with this addition, is there going to be core moves? What else is going to happen to the Winnipeg Jets? The the difference is, is that these changes are likely to come on the ice. We already have Rick Bone is confirmed as coming back as the head coach. Uh, GM Kevin Cheveldayoff also remaining uh, in, in that role. Now, open coaching spots are starting to get swallowed up. We have Spencer Carberry, a, a former Toronto Maple Leafs assistant. He's been uh, added on as the head coach of the Washington Capitals. Uh, Andrew Burnett um, is the new head coach of the National Predators. John Hines has been let go. There's some more uh, reports coming around in regards to what's going on with John Hines. And, you know, likely some other coaches are, are going to let go. I mean, what's the situation around Sheldon Keefe and the Toronto Maple Leafs? Um, you know, Brad Living. we're just getting that news coming down uh, that he is going to be the next uh, general manager of the Toronto Maple Leafs. Of course, he's, you know how long Living's been with the Flames? It's 2014. Yeah. Been there for nine years now. Long, long time. He's done an amazing manager. job there. And yeah. I, I like this move, Cam, um, for Brad and the Leafs, um, just because like what they have with Nylander, Marner, and the pending contract contracts of uh and especially the one with austin matthews uh, i mean he just went through he literally just went through this with goudreau and tachak and bringing in huberto and Uyghur and signing them to deals um i, I really i like brad for living as a gm to begin with i think he's shrewd and he's not afraid to to step yeah. up and make a move but given the circumstances of what the leafs are looking at i, I think this is a great move for both him and the leafs yeah absolutely i mean i think the leafs are out for a guy that's a veteran um uh, and and I, I think he he takes a, a lot of those boxes there and and just like you said Jim there's going to have to be some bold moves that are going to have to be made with the Toronto Maple Leafs because what so because what's going on um, it's just uh, I mean of course hasn't been working out with one playoff win over over the tenure and the time with with Kyle Dubas but we'll we'll get into that I, I thought that worked out I thought that was like the the goal they they were ecstatic after that first <laughs> yeah, round was, yeah. they, went, they yeah. lost their minds after that first round win. was one of the greatest first round series oh. victories of all time the Toronto Maple Leafs over monkeys the were being thrown everywhere off backs it was one of the all time 
you know what? After that happened, I was just I was kind of rolling my eyes. This is this is ridiculous. But anyways, this is ridiculous. in terms of the GM vacancies uh, with the Bradshaw Living and the Toronto Leaf uh, Maple Leafs, that one uh, seemingly and reportedly and as close to being confirmed as, as as possible here. That leaves one job left, and that's with the Pittsburgh Penguins with uh, uh, perhaps a familiar name linked to the organization. To talk about that, uh, Dan Kingerski. He's with Pittsburgh uh, Hockey now. He's the editor-in-chief there. He's also in Vegas. We'll get into that in a little bit. He's covering the Stanley Cup final. But, Dan, thanks so much for joining us. Oh, it's my pleasure, guys. Thanks so yeah, much. thanks, Dan. Look forward to this. Uh... So I, I was just <laughs> I was on your Twitter account, and I think, Dan, you probably know the first question I'm going to ask you, and I, and I was maybe you can, you can talk to our listeners, I'm sure. Uh, I mean, perhaps some of them are following you on Twitter. But the rumors around Kyle Dubas, of course, he's been uh, let go from the situation in Toronto. Uh, you know, it was kind of he was kind of a little saying like I'm not going to co- I'm not going to be a general manager anywhere next year if it's not going to be Toronto I'm I'm going to weigh my options and all that. But there's some rumors and I'm not sure uh, what you're hearing. I, I know you're on the inside track of this sort of thing and how much you can actually say or how much you're willing even to say. Uh, <laughs> but what so I can hear you chuckle. But what, what's the situation around Cal Dubas? Is there is is there a little bit of smoke here or is it uh, or is there some blazing fire? I would love to tell you exactly what's going on, but I think only a couple or a few people know exactly what is happening. And so I'll try to stick to the factual stuff that, that in fact, we can confirm. And that is obviously that the Fenway Sports Group, who owns the Pittsburgh Penguins, you know, they were veering in on selecting a GM until Shanahan, you know, let Dubas go. And then, that changed the whole calculus that, that he's, of course, available. So, you know, the process kind of rebooted specifically for for Kyle Dubas. Now, we have confirmed as of uh, Monday that, you know, several of the other finalist candidates believe they were still in the running. So um, combine that with the fact we know FSG to be very interested in Kyle Dubas Obviously, there's a decision being made. There's contract or or there's language or there's duties and responsibilities mm-hmm. that that were offered or being negotiated. We're somewhere in that phase, you know, exactly where I mean, I, I kind of believe that at least I would hope you know, an organization like FSG would know what they're offering. And I'm sure Dubas maybe came back and said, I want these duties, too. And, you know, so somebody's still thinking about it. We also uh, confirmed this morning, and, and I want to be delicate with this because it's too easy to deny for too many people because uh, obviously there's a new ownership group coming in Ottawa. Maybe, just maybe, hypothetically, if you got to stay closer to home, would you drag your feet to see if another opportunity opened up for you rather than going to Pittsburgh where the roster is kind of on its last legs and, you know, you're going to have both a salvage and a reclamation and a rebuild project, maybe in that order. So all of those things combined has created quite the little uh, situation here. It's such an interesting offseason um, because, Dan, we're seeing this with coaches right now, right? Like moves are being made to grab guys. And what you're referencing with Dubas, too, it, teams have a plan in this offseason. And then when certain names become available, those plans go out the window. And then those names that were involved prior to those names becoming available are in flux. And, and it just makes for a lot of, I, I guess, soap opera drama is what we're seeing yeah. in the NHL right now between coaches and GMs. 
Well, and it's compounded by the fact that FSG had to ask directions to get to square one with this. Uh, I, I personally have been uh, astounded at how little uh, that they actually kind of knew about their own organization. They've been spending a lot of time, I mean, I mean the arena area around uh, Pittsburgh's PPG Paints Arena is undergoing extraordinary and extensive renovations. You know, uh, their people on the ground in Pittsburgh were, you know, had their eyes turned in that direction. So obviously it gets closer to the end of the season. There were just a a myriad of factors why, you know, it it was an obvious choice to relieve Ron Hextall and Brian Burke of, of their obligations and duties. But once they did that, then they began the process of building an entire organization from scratch, as if there was had never been a hockey team before, they were literally starting from, uh, you know, behind square one. Uh, we have uh, word that they were asking people, you know, that they interviewed for other teams and other positions. What do you think of Pittsburgh? Uh, the, you know, the, the Boston Red Sox president has taken a role now in in selection and, and and helping this this process forward we know that the nhl even offered fsg some guidance at least in regards to the uh the president of hockey ops position but uh you know fsg really i don't want to say came into this wide-eyed and open-minded they they came into it maybe naive and and trying to figure out what they needed to know before they began applying or, or learning what they needed to know. So it, it's been quite the process. We only have about uh, 40 seconds here or so, or so Dan, but I want to get this question in. Um, I mean, just talking about the ownership group and them, and them kind of perhaps being a little bit naive. I mean, just as you mentioned before, I mean, this is sort of a, a, a group that is starting to age out. I, I'm, I'm not saying that they, that they can contend. I, I don't think it was the star players that were the weakness last season, but perhaps it's the team's depth. But does that change perhaps how this 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 ownership group will look at at some of the stars and and maybe perhaps make some decisions? Only got about thirty seconds here, but is it, is it going to change how this yeah. team approaches the off season? I, you know, I guess it all depends on the GM. I mean, they decided they didn't want their first move to be to lose Evgeny Malkin and Chris Letang, and they, they feared that public backlash, right? Mm-hmm. So, uh, but I think to get to the playoffs, some very difficult decisions are going to have to be made. Uh, whether a GM will have enough time to make those this offseason, I, I think we're getting to the point where that's a no. Yeah. Uh, Dan Kingerski is a Pittsburgh Hockey Now editor-in-chief. He's in Vegas. <laughs> I wish we could have talked to you about the Stanley Cup uh, final. Of course, you're down there covering, but maybe we can bug you next week to jump back on. Yeah, I'm long-winded. I apologize. Lots to get to. No, 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 no. no, no, you, no absolutely great stuff, Dan. I really appreciate it. Let's take a break. Let's come back on the other side. Hey, it's a 12-year anniversary for a little something here in the city of Winnipeg. Oh. Oh, yeah. I actually forgot about that. Wow, I'll tell you what that is. This was the week I got no sleep. (laughs) I'll tell you what that is when we come back. Jets at noon on 680 CJOB. Well, Jim, if we go all the way back, all the way back. All the way back. All the way back. Look back. Look way <laughs> back. May 31st. And now the reports had started to come in, I think, about a week and a half prior. Uh, on May 31st at a press conference at the at the time, the MTS Center, 
Uh, Gary Bettman confirmed that the Atlanta Thrashers had been sold to, to True North Sports Entertainment and would relocate to Winnipeg for the 2021-2012 uh, season, uh, pending the approval of the sale and the relocation by the NHL Board of Governors, which was a uh, rubber stamp. The reported purchase price was $170 million, with $60 million going to the NHL as a relocation free, uh, fee. Twelve years ago... See, you know, it's one of those things, Jim, when I look back, it seems like it was not that long ago, but at the same time, it was a very, very long time ago well, at the same time. It has flown by, mm-hmm. and I, I always tell this story, but I was um, for I was working at Shaw Cable at the time and doing stuff with CJOB and Joe Piscucci with Global TV Sports were working on this story, yeah. and I was texting Scott Brown Communications about whether, because our mobile, the day before it happened and the day after we had Gold Eyes games, we were leaving our mobile van down at the Gold Eyes Park. Yeah. And if this was going to happen and go live, we needed to pull it out of there and get it set up at Canada Life Center now. And so I'm literally texting him at 2, 2.30 in the morning, and he said, I, I don't know what to tell you, not as of now, the latest. And then so I set my alarm for, I think, 4.30 in the morning or 5, and I got, a, I, I got up and just sent Scott Brown a, a text, and he said, you need to get your mobile here. Mm-hmm. And so I'm just from 5.30 in the morning on, and we did broadcast coverage all day long on Shaw Live with Global TV and stuff. And then I came on and did the sports show at 6.30 at night. It was the longest day ever, but one of the greatest days I've ever had of covering anything. And the news it meant to Manitoba and watching the province come alive. But I just remember Scott Brown telling me the story a couple of days later that he got a call from Chipman at like 5.30 or something. And he said they had two press releases, one that this was happening and one that it wasn't. And Chipman just called and told Scott, send it. And he said, which one? And he said, the big one, and hung up. <laughs> and Scott said, I just, I took a minute to look like, is there any spelling errors in this? Is there any, because they'd been up all night yeah. for days, wondering if this was going to, and then he sent it, and history is what it is. The Jets were coming from Atlanta, or the Thrashers were coming here. Yeah, absolutely. Just real quick, the media advisory today, it's going to be happening at two outside of HSC Children's Hospital about that uh, incident at Fort Gibraltar uh, where several children, including three in unstable condition, were taken to the hospital after a situation there. That's going to be happening at two o'clock. More to come on Jets at Noon. Derek Taylor is going to join us from Bomber Camp after this. Jets at Noon on 680 CJOB. Just official. I mean, this this news has been swirling around for the last little bit, but this uh, the Maple Leafs just tweeted this out three minutes ago. Brad Treliving has been named the club's general manager. We will get to that as the show continues on. We'll, we'll, we'll talk about that uh, a little bit more. But first, uh, brought to you by Stars Air Ambulance, caring for Manitobans when and where you need us most. Of course, his Bomber training camp reports. And we're joined by Derek Taylor, voice of the Winnipeg Blue Bombers here on 680 CJOB. Hello, Derek. How are you? I'm good. They, they knocked practice down to two hours today, so... Uh... Uh, everything's done a little early. It's it's nice. I get to I get to enjoy some sh- sunshine instead of avoid it while sitting there at practice. Sunshine and socks. <laughs> what a case! If I was wearing sandals, then socks would be a, an obviously an awful awful choice. But I I'm in shoes all the time, Tother. How do you I, not? I do I don't know why. With your sensitive heels, I just pictured you with with uh, Velcro strap on sandals and black socks. Dude, next time, shoot me a text and I'll give you the answer up front and you can win these things, man. We can fix this against Kelly. So what are you found, doing? Found out yesterday, Cam, while you were away, that yeah. Derek has sensitive heels and has to wear socks and shoes, not sandals. Okay, well, it's, you it's, know, everyone's got a cross. We all have a cross to bear. Everyone's, the got, everyone's got something to deal with. <laughs> you know? Awesome. Yeah, it's uh, 
Um, I, it was, uh, right. Yeah, Derek, I, I heard he shows up at pressers and O'Shea goes, "How are your heels today?" <laughs> uh, Derek, lots going on at uh, at training camp here. And one thing I've known, hey, Brady Oliveira uh, taking part in some twelve. I think he was taking part. Not uh, he wasn't taking part in some twelve on twelves, but he he was out there uh, doing some more work than he has been. Yeah, so he practiced on the first day, and that was the last we kind of saw of him. He's been around, right, but he's never had his uniform and helmet on until today. So he did some stuff in, like, their skeleton zones where, you know, guys aren't hitting anybody and there's no offensive and defensive line. So he was ramping back up towards something. There's, there's, he's not playing on uh, in, in Friday's game, but he's, he's not out for the year either. So we're, we get a little more pieces of information as to uh, Brady Oliveira. He wasn't available to talk today, but, you know, it, it, looks, it was looking better, let's say, for Brady today. Indeed. So along that lines, and I, I'm all for this, like whether they're banged up or not, or the less miles traveled in the preseason and during training camp on a running back, the better for the regular season. Um, do you expect to see some of them run the rock on Friday, or do you expect uh, them to sort of uh, wait for the season to start? And, and really, is that a position that needs a lot of training camp anymore, given the wear and tear on it? Well, it, the nature of most teams, uh, you know, share their running back carries around quite a bit. I've thrown this out a few times just talking about the Hamilton Tiger Cats. They haven't had one running back take more than 50% of their running back carries in four seasons, right? Like, they share it around with multiple guys. The Bombers are less so like that in that Johnny Augustine got carries when Brady had that nine for nine carries for eight yards game against BC or late in the season when Brady was getting some rest. So, it's to me this one is as much as uh, Coach O'Shea didn't really address it. He doesn't talk about injuries or, or risk my guys just sitting out. I would have liked Brady to get some more action in training camp if I'm a Bomber fan because he's had this the one year right as the starting running back. He's been around for quite a while, but it's just the one year as a starter. So I have to believe they would have wanted him to get some more carries. So something had to be up there, but at least it's okay. Uh, it, it did give a chance for Johnny Augustine to get some more touches and then see if perhaps there's an American guy who could stick on the roster, unseat Greg McRae, who's practiced very little in training camp, a guy who can be a, a utility player on that offense uh, from an American per- perspective. So uh, we'll get a chance to see Jordan Salima or Vance Barnes, who is small but man can that cat move. So, yeah, it's it, it provided some opportunities, but... You would have liked to see more from Brady, is my is my guess. You know, I, I have a little, uh, I have some birds down there at, at training camp, uh, Greg, and a couple of them were, were tweeting at me some uh, some some info, and they wanted me to ask you about this. Uh, is something up with yeah. Carlton Agadosi? Wow, that's an interesting question. So there, I'm curious as to to what it is. Um, Carlton, this season, uh, okay, let's go back to last season when he had that dominant game against Calgary. He, was, he played the X receiver spot. He was that wide receiver on that one side. They threw him the ball. He jumped over Trey Roberson, and he was a superhero for, for that week. So he was in one position. When they came to training camp this year, because they'd signed Kenny Lawler, they had to move Rasheed Bailey, and thus they, they moved Rasheed Bailey across the field to a slot back position on the other side, and they chose to move Carlton Nagadosi as well to be the backup in that position in which he saw that and went, okay, well, these two guys are clearly in competition for this spot, or why bother moving Agadosi as well? So that's interesting. Last couple of days, since the preseason game, and I think in the preseason game, he was lined up back at that old wide receiver spot. So 
As we watch practice today, that's a lot of preface to roll into what we saw today. Uh, Agadosi, with, with Nick Densky and Dalton Schoen not practicing today, it wasn't Carlton Agadosi who moved up with the ones. It was Bolio, the rookie, and it was, oh, gosh, let me grab my name. It was a different receiver who moved up with the ones. It was Tavares Harrison, there we go, who just got back with the mm. team two days ago. It wasn't Carlton Agadosi moving up to work with the ones. And you, you go, He's down with the twos with Brendan O'Leary Orange and Gavin Garner and stuff. What's what's happening there? So the Bombers wouldn't, you know, they'll talk about things like lineups and stuff, but it just makes you wonder, is, is this just in advance of the game because they want to keep Agadosi, O'Leary Orange, and this crew together, Jeremy Murphy, another rookie from Concordia? Or is there something with Carlton because – they're moving his position all around, and they're moving him up and down, and he wasn't with the, the first-teamers, with two first-teamers down. So that, that did kind of catch me by surprise today. Yeah, what else are you sort of looking forward now that I, I would think with the shorter practice today, they'll go tomorrow and then the game on Friday, DT. Um, I, I mean, I, we've talked about the veteranness and, and all the experience on this roster and who might have a chance to squeak in, who might not. What exactly will the Bombers be working on tomorrow and then heading into the game on Friday in your mind? Yeah, so according to their schedule, the Bombers are going to have a typical pregame walkthrough tomorrow. So okay. kind of everything's been determined. They'll, they'll lay out the roster and, you know, who's, who's going to play where. And then they'll, they'll, they'll just walk through, answer some questions, and then go home and get ready for the game. So today, today was the last real practice. Uh, of training camp. Uh, so I, I think by tomorrow, you know, when they release their roster, I think we're going to notice there, there are a ton of veterans that just are not playing because I don't know the benefit to Stanley Bryant, Jamarcus Hardrick, Pat Newfeld, uh, Kenny Lawler, uh, Rashid Bailey, guys like that to playing, to, to playing on Friday. Why, if there's anybody, this is my kind of thought, to the extent that you can, anybody who you absolutely know has made the team, have them sit up. Have them, have them hang out for a while. You, you may not be able to take out everybody you want to because you don't have an endless number of bodies. You have a lot, but not an endless number, so you might need to keep this guy or that guy on there. But, I mean, uh, anybody who is who has made the team and is critical to your chasing a great cup this year, I don't know why you would put them back out there, honestly, because right. Willie will Jefferson needs 10 more reps against Saskatchewan's backups. No, he's, he needs to slay come the, uh, the regular season, right? So, it's a small chance. It's a teeny tiny wee little chance that a guy gets injured in a game like that. But if you're not doing it for Zach, which I think we all could probably go, yeah, it's a good idea. I don't know why you do it for anybody else who is a hundred percent made the team. Bomber training camp reports are brought to you by Stars Air Ambulance, caring for Manitobans when and where you need us most. Derek Taylor, Winnipeg Blue Bomber voice, right here on 680 CJOB. Derek, take care. Okay, thanks a lot, and talk tomorrow. Thanks, guys. Protect those Thank ankles. Thank you, Derek Taylor. Yeah, you know, it's so funny, right? Because I, I believe in training camp, and I believe that you need reps, and that's what practice yeah. is. Like, I believe in practice at any level. But the idea that, you know, you, you get into this level and health is such a key part to any professional season, um, I think about that in the Jets preseason games and the number of any NHL games there are in the preseason. It's you got to get, you know, you just sort of got to get rid of that fear, right? And mm-hmm. you got to let them go. But with two preseason games and 18 regular season games, I I give, you know, my my stars. Like Derek said, the guys you know 100% have made the team. Yeah. I don't put them out there on Friday. You know, I was talking to Chris Walby about this one time. Of course, Bomber offensive line, great. And he said at the... <laughs> 
when he had to suit up for those preseason games, he hid in the back. He, he didn't even want the coaches to look at him because he might get thrown out there. He was just totally looking to avoid. And this it, like is a guy hide. who, if you asked right now, would put on a pair of pads and get on the field yeah. and play and play yeah. a game, right? Yeah. But these exactly. ones that don't mean much and the risk of injury is it's not worth it. No. Let, let's take a break. Let's come back. Tons of stuff going on in the in the in the National Hockey League. Coaches getting hired, guys getting fired, guys getting replaced. Rumors about who's going where, what's happening here, general managers getting extended, all this crazy stuff. I have a theory next on something that works for the players might work for coaches. Hmm. It's just a revolving door, right? you got two years now. Unless you're the Winnipeg Jets. It's like when the fear of getting fired, does it even for the veterans, coaches, (laughs) even include the fact that I might not work again? No. Well, just as an example, we'll get into this after. Uh, Peter Lavaliette reported in, in conversations with the Rangers. That has not been confirmed yet because there's other coaches talking now. Because um, you're going back to your point. But, anyways, we're going to get into this. We're but how many times? Gallant in Calgary. And no disrespect, but Kirk Muller's been a really excellent assistant in Montreal and Calgary now for over a decade. And if they just bring in another guy, and then there's Mr. Wolf, who's running their AHL franchise, who's in his 30s, been coaching for over a decade, trying to get in. I just, I, I don't, like, I'm not, and then again, I get it. Like, Gerard Gallant, Peter Leverlet, good coaches. Yeah. But, like, it's such a, how do you get in? How do you get a shot? If you're thinking that way, well, there's more to come. Lots more to come just after this. Trading coaches. Don't say Jets at noon on 680 CJOB. Welcome back to the show. It didn't take too long for the Toronto Maple Leafs' Jim Toth to replace uh, Kyle Dubas. Brad Treliving, who's with the Calgary Flames for nine years, uh, not without a job for very, very long. Uh, mutual parting of ways after the Flames failed to make the playoffs this year and uh, soon afterwards uh, finds a spot uh, as the next general manager of the Toronto Maple Leafs. Uh, you know what just hit me, too, is I think it's a great hire. I think, um, But we had Derek Willis on the vo- radio voice of the Flames uh, when – Craig Conroy was being named their new GM. Yeah. And he confirmed that if Daryl Sutter wasn't still around before Brad Treliving, then he thinks Brad Treliving would still be the GM mm-hmm. of the Calgary Flames. It, remember, Dubas left because we think he wanted some power. Like we yep. heard the stories and had, um, uh, uh, forgive me, Joshua on that confirmed basically. You know, Joshua Clipperton. Joshua uh, Clipperton. They would work out deals in Toronto. It would go to Shanahan. Shanahan would then go up to the board. The board would then come back with their decision to Shanahan. And then Shanahan would make a decision whether he agreed with the board or not and then would give it to Dubis. That was part of the problem with Treliving, right? Like he Mm -hmm. couldn't get Sutter to play the young guys and he couldn't get Sutter to play them more and and make them involved in the team. Um, I, I just autonomy, right? Like the ability to run this team is tough. Yeah. And I'll go back to, and I know this for a fact, so I don't mind saying this years ago when Chris Pronger wanted out of Edmonton, I have a very good source that confirmed that part of the problem in, in Toronto is that they had a deal in Toronto for Alex Steen and a pick for Chris Pronger when he wanted out of Edmonton. And it went up the chain and came back and got kiboshed. And I'm like, how would the Leafs be different if instead of going to Anaheim, Chris Pronger went to the Leafs for Alex Steen, the mm-hmm. Winnipegger, and a pick. And that's the things you're dealing with when you're the GM of the Toronto Maple Leafs. I don't see Brad Treliving doing that. I don't see him not. I think Shanahan and the board will be involved, but I think yeah. he will have the power or some of it that Dubas wanted. But I think it's a great hire in Toronto. 
Yeah, and you have to wonder what the what the future is going to be with Sheldon Keefe. I mean, if you are Brad for living, and if I was in his shoes, I would want my own coach. And Keefe was very much a Kyle Dubas, uh, uh, yeah. a, a part of that organization. And Keefe's another one. He's got a year left, right? Like, do you? What do you think of Keefe? I don't well, dislike well, him, but I don't know if he's he's, he's he's in the same boat as Kyle Dubas is in, in in as far as I'm concerned. Like, has done as good a job as I think he could. But they couldn't get him over the hit. They couldn't get over the hump. And just like Kyle Dubas, I think he's in that same exact boat. I don't think Sheldon Keefe, by any stretch of the imagination, is a bad coach. I think he probably would find somewhere else. Um, but I think it's the same situation there. I, I, I think, in, and I think if you're if you're Brad for living, you're going to want to hire your own coach. I, I agree with if, that, if, especially if you want to make changes. And and he's going to want to put his stamp on this. Well, team. and then I think of like we're going to get into this now. But so here's the like so. Andrew Burnett, I read that that was very chunky from Barry Trotz in Nashville. Like it sort of was this thing that when Burnett was going to go somewhere else that he wanted him. So he up and about fired John Hines. Now John Hines is reported today to be interviewing in the New York Rangers. Yeah. Former New York Rangers coach Gerard Gallant, who got fired at the end of the season, is rumored to be interviewed in Calgary. (laughs) Yeah. So if I'm true living, like I look at my Kirk Muller that I had in Calgary and wonder if if he's not the best guy to to run the the ship in Toronto. Because here's what I think Toronto needs from a coach. This isn't anything to do with Keefe, but he's young, right? Yeah. And he's he's at that age where he gets it, player, coach, all that. I think the last thing, that, and on some teams that's going to be perfect. Mm-hmm. On this team, I think that's the last thing they need. I think they need somebody like a Muller or a veteran coach, even a Gerard Gallant, that comes yeah. in and says, this is the way it is. You guys, and I think the players want that. Like, yeah. I think the players in Toronto go... This we need to take this to a next level, but I also don't know because we live in a world where even in Winnipeg we see this country club atmosphere. <laughs> yeah. And Winnipeg has to have that. Don't get me wrong. That's why guys resign here and why guys never sign here. The reason that it's so hard to get players to come here is because it's Winnipeg. Mm-hmm. But the ones that do come resign are the ones that are drafted resign. Yeah, the Leafs don't have that problem. The Leafs don't have that problem. No. So you need a guy to come in and just or a woman. I that would be fascinating to me, but somebody yeah. like w- Wickenheiser's involved there, Haley. Yeah. They need to have this sort of thing. And I think this organization in Toronto is at that point where it's a lot like, like I think of the Aginla days when they went in 04 to the run and it was Aginla, Kiprasov and 19 grinders. Yeah. And then Sutter wore real thin and they hated it. I, I was told. And Aginla went to management and said, I'm, we're all tired of being yelled at every day and treated like children. Yeah. Sutter was gone. Jim Playfair came in a year later. Again, was back in the front office going, we get it now. Yeah. We're not the most skilled team. We're not, we need to be grinding. We need to be working every single night. We need to be road a bit and have that. So they went and got Mike Keenan. That's where I see Toronto at. Nothing against Keith, but you need a guy, a veteran that's going to come in and treat you like respect and a player's coach, Yeah, but also one who, Hey, this hasn't worked for you guys in the past. So, so, you're drawing, so, so listen up. So you're drawing parallels to Mike Babcock being that guy when the kids were young yes. and they were just coming up and then Sheldon Keefe comes in. He's sort of a, a, a softer hand. I, I I don't think he doesn't yeah. tell the players what he thinks. I, I think, think he's they a little hated bit of, Babcock. They, well, I think they definitely did. I think did. Keefe came in and he won an AHL title and they'd heard about him. Yeah. And he's, he's a player. I think he's like, he likes the fact that these guys are stars and he likes the fact that these guys, he also holds them accountable. Don't get me yeah. wrong. Without a doubt. But I think they need somebody like Muller or he's won a cop. Gerard Gla- they need somebody to come in and go, this is the way it is. And it's going to be a lot of fun. What does the Chuck say about Maurice? Yeah. I've never had more fun coming to the rink. 
But yet, we've all seen Maurice unleash the fury on those guys, right? Several times. And when things aren't acceptable, most famously, because does that, Mitch Marner in Toronto, remember Toronto at the end of the at the end of the regular season during a TV timeout? Yes, he laced his team. Does Mitch, lace them? If O'Keefe lays into Mitch Marner. Does Marner fear not being around anymore? Or does he know that if I don't like this? I think that's what the But if somebody mean, else I'm, comes I'm in who's won a cup and in his 50s and he's like, you guys, I think it's a perfect time to bring in a guy like that and go, this is the way it is. Let's have some fun. But you better toe the line and you better show up every night. Skylar Peters is going to be joining you right off the top with right. the latest on the situation that happened at Fort Gibraltar uh, with uh, those uh, three children taken to uh, the Hell Science Center, um, uh, Children's Hospital in unstable condition, several others as well taken there in stable condition. We will have the latest here on 680 CJLB when Skylar Peters joins Jim Toth right after you, 1 uh, o'clock. You ever think of coaching? Absolutely. Every day of my life. Every day. I could do this. <laughs> It's not that hard. Poke a guy in the back, say, go out there. Listen, you guys are NHLers. You know how to play hockey. Thank you very much to Jeffrey Forte for producing the show. Or don't open that gate too quick. Not so fast, 18. Maybe next shift. <laughs> I'll see you tomorrow. Bye. <laughs> Jets at noon on 680 CJOB.